Hey, welcome to Critical Football with Maddie Ice, Dave, and Clee. What's going on, guys? Uh, it's been a, it's been a good week. How are you, Matt? Uh, my back is hurting because I spent all weekend putting flooring down. That shit is for the birds. <laughs> you gotta pay with your wallet, brother. Pay with Tell me wallet. about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's what's the point of what's the point of making money if you uh, don't use it to not break your back? <laughs> Absolutely, that's a good point. <laughs> Great. All right. Obviously, we had an exciting week with a lot going on. The last since we last spoke, we had a, a lot of things happen. Um, so let's uh, let's kind of talk about how you guys feel um, with everything that's now the new normal again. Uh, yeah, Matt, go ahead. You first. Uh, I mean, I feel pretty good. I, I did an episode of my show where I talked about yesterday and the changing of the guard and and feeling like we're going to get back to some semblance of uh you know decorum that feels more like it did prior to four years ago but i definitely know there's challenges ahead however uh, i'm looking forward to being a very small part of that solution in any way that i can but it was nice to wake up scroll through my twitter feed and see sports and video games and bernie sanders memes instead of the usual vitriol that i would see pretty much on a daily basis (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean the the main the main difference that i've noticed then we can get more into it more into it later but the main thing that i noticed is that with um with trump being banned from twitter like the last week it was already way calmer um and then last night the, you know they had a uh, news briefing and i was like oh they haven't done one of these in a while and like the press secretary wasn't arguing with people or calling them liars or saying fake news or getting mad or throwing things. And then she was like, yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow. And it was shocking, but it's like, yeah, they used to do this every single day. Of course, there's gonna be another press briefing tomorrow. So I really like the, um, the, the just calmness of, of, of how it feels now. Yeah, I agree. I think the biggest for me, uh, echoing what you guys just kind of, kind of um, rehashed. The other thing too is that since um, since Trump and all the the QAnon stuff got kind of whitewashed off of most social media platforms, a lot more truth based, science based, fact checked based stuff has been kind of you know making its way to the top of the food chain, which is great. And today's point, the old boring news briefs that no one ever watched until Trump's you know team of uh, of, uh, of idiots came out to just kind of lie to us to our faces so you know I, I was a news brief guy when something really happened like oh this, this has to be like a school shooting or something that's really 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 important but um, you know we're going to hear about the Peloton that's in Joe Biden's office being a national threat which is kind of <laughs> funny but <laughs> Peloton got some free press though but I don't know how that like there's a security breach with your Peloton being live so that, that's awesome so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad that things are back to like how it's supposed to be well you know if, if, if uh if he can't have his Peloton anymore he might need he might need a personal trainer maybe you should fill out an application <laughs> Uncle Joe hit me up hit me up <laughs> Uncle Joe and uh <laughs> <laughs> for for the QAnon people, I think it really hurts your argument when your shaman is outed as being an only organic food eater. It kind of lessens the whole conspiracy thing when he's in on, oh, I only eat organic food. <laughs> I think that's the least of his concerns. He should p- try to find another job and get out of his mom's basement. So, But it, overall, yeah. it's, it's just nice to see things on Twitter like um, 
in, instead of focusing on you know what people were saying yesterday because it wasn't the usual of what we've seen the last four years but it was my favorite thing from yesterday um was the person who was walking behind Amy Klobuchar with their Air Jordan Dior's. For those sneaker people that are listening, those are about 10K per pair. So if you're going to flex, that's the place to flex. Was it Bernie Sanders? It was not Bernie Sanders. I believe it. I think it was like Kamala Harris's nephew or something like that. But I, I remember watching it and looking and I was like, oh, I recognize them immediately because wow. they only made like 8,000 pairs of them. So um, if you wanted a pair, you had to pay like 2K at retail and now i think they go anywhere between like 10 and 15k on the resale market wow how do you guys feel to, how do you guys feel about and this is just a quick quick couple words response how do you guys feel today about someone sitting in a fucking federal cell looking at his lawyer or her lawyer through a plexiglass uh knowing that they're going to face possibly some jail time and the guy that started it all is eating nuggets on a golf course right now uh yeah i mean that's that's got to be kind of kind of irritating but i think that um, hopefully there will be episodes where we talk about Trump being charged with crimes. Um, certainly at some point he's going to face trial in the Senate for inciting an insurrection. But the people who are who stormed the Capitol definitely deserve to get to get charged and to get charged fully. Um, it's just that hopefully Trump himself also gets charged. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, I, I just you know I just wonder how they feel today, like. No one got pardoned for the for what I understand, and I'm like, how do you feel? Like, what was the point of all of that? <laughs> it's great. I Good hope luck. they feel stupid. I, I bet they feel like a Lions and a Jets fan. Oh, no one knows our pain, Dave. No, no one knows our pain. I don't know. The Detroit Lions shaman only eats organic vegetables, so. <laughs> I guess we got Speaking the of- gaze pops. <laughs> Speaking of football, let's get into it, fellas. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so our very first game uh, from from the weekend was the Rams 18 at the Packers 32. And uh, and I did want to note from this game that Cam Akers is good. He's the rookie running back for the Rams. 18 carries for 90 yards in a difficult situation because they were losing for for a lot of that game. So uh, he's going to be a good one going forward. They definitely hit there. He's not going to be what Todd Gurley was in his prime, which was like two years ago, and he'll be out of the league next year. Um, but he's he's good enough. The other thing to note is that Aaron Rodgers is playing his best football in 10 years, maybe. I mean, a long time, because there was a stretch a couple years ago where I was really concerned he might just be totally washed. But he's he's playing out of his mind. The uh, What was the... What was Devontae Adams' uh, targets in, in um, like, was he a big factor? I didn't see much of the game. Yeah, Devontae went for, like, 6 for 90, something like that. Nothing, nothing to, nothing to. Yeah, this was a game where the Rams were just completely outmatched. Jared Goff, clearly not 100%, despite having a good completion percentage. Uh, and Aaron Donald not playing a good majority of the game really kills any good vibes that the Rams could have had because they weren't able to get pressure on Rodgers and he was pretty much able to do what he wanted and the Rams are not going to be a team like the Packers without having their full complement of players. Mm-hmm. Quarterback's important. Yeah, so Cleve, I went off the top of my head and I inverted it. He wasn't 6 for 90. Devontae was 9 for 66. Oh, okay. So okay. 7 yards a catch. So I guess they, they felt they might have had the game in hand at some point or maybe on the game plan. And they're probably like, you know what? Let's save it for like the next round. I think I think that's a reflection on Jalen Ramsey. I don't think you can take Jalen Ramsey deep. So the only way yeah. the only way to really get open is to do it short. 
Mm-hmm. Dump it. Yep. The other thing I want to know about this game is that uh, Mike McCarthy has been gone from the Packers for two years. In those two years, Matt LaFleur had, has won two division titles and now been to a second NFC title game. So I think Mike McCarthy might have been the problem in Green Bay. I, mm, I mean, you know, the barn on Krypton tells, tells you a lot about that. So <laughs> we're I, all good. I mean, I know he went to his football barn and learned the analytics to go coach the Cowboys or whatever, but the Cowboys just absolutely need to cut bait with this guy. Like he's, he's just absolutely going to fail, going to fail there as well. And the Packers are, are proof of that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I was going to say, if he was the problem with Green Bay, he's definitely going to be the problem for Dallas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't blame Dak, but it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be the coach for sure. The, um, the next game we have here, we had the Ravens three at the Bills 17. And this Ooh. game, yeah, this game was kind of boring and really disappointing because this is a game Baltimore actually could have won. Uh, first, the Bills defense played really, really well in this game. I mean, Baltimore, even when Lamar was still in the game, could not really get that much going. The thing is, the Ravens defense was playing well, too. But this entire game turned on a 101 interception return for a touchdown. And I don't know who the guy, uh, this Tehran guy was that returned returned the ball. But he outran Lamar Jackson to the end zone um, 100 yards down the field. So that that's pretty impressive. You know, I we talked about the buildup to this to this week, a few weeks out. And it's it's disappointing, you know. I know I sound like a spoiled, you know, spoiled sports fan, I guess, but it's like, you know, to have a score like three, yeah, you know, when when this team was lighting it up, and you know, we're talking, all of us were talking a few weeks ago about how hard it is to beat with these guys on the street that they were on, and it's just like, what happened? Like you fell flat in a in a pivotal game. Um, obviously, you know, we're looking at. You know what's left, but it was a letdown for me. I, I I turned the game off at some point. I was like, okay, three points. That's okay. Can't watch this. I, I think it needs to be taken into consideration that this game, weather-wise, was. You know, we said earlier in the year that there was going to be no home field advantage in the traditional sense, and that it was really going to be weather uh, that played a factor. And I think it really did play a factor here because Justin Tucker missed two field goals in a row which I don't think he'd ever done that in his entire career. And if you watch the ball fly on kicks and a lot of these passes, the wind was wreaking havoc on that. I mean, Josh Allen threw 37 times and only had 200 yards. So it's not as if he was lighting it up and Lamar wasn't lighting it up. Um, I just think 17 points in a game where the, the weather is such a factor in this game, not just cold, but the wind. I mean, it was visibly... Uh, taking a toll on any passes so like any any passes downfield even some of the intermediate passes the ball looked like a duck at times from both guys so I don't necessarily think this is as much a reflection on Lamar as a player or even the Ravens as a team I think had this game been played on like a 60 degree day uh, it would have been a lot different I think both teams would have been more themselves it just happens that that 100 yard uh, interception return you know was huge in a game that First to ten might even actually have been the score to you know to get to. You know, I'm a thousand years older than both you guys, but you guys are both old enough because you're around the same age to remember the um, the fall game <laughs> that Philly played. It was Philly. Yeah, um, we were in kindergarten, Cleve. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I watched uh, an NFL so film. Any, so anyone, anyone not vampire age like me, that's a thousand <laughs> years old, can go YouTube the fall game and see how this game was still let to go on the fog was so thick 
You know, I, I actually think that there was a game this year, a college game where the, the fog was like crazy, but it was on. So I get it. But then they played the ice bowl at some point <laughs> back in the 60s. So, you know, you have to plan for this. You know, every every good team will say, well, you know, what's going to be cold. Ask Tom Brady and those boys what's going to happen when they go to Green Bay. Are they ready for that from sunny Florida? I may I may <laughs> actually be asking that. Um, yeah. uh, after after I get done with my uh, having to talk about them, but before we get before we get to the Bucks, I want to get to the craziest game on the weekend here because I'm sure Matt has some serious thoughts on this. And this is the Browns 17 at the Chiefs 22, and the Ravens lost their quarterback to a concussion and lost the game. The Chiefs lost Patrick Mahomes to a concussion. Chad Henney, you know, he stepped up and uh, basically told Cleve to shut up. Yeah, yeah Chad Henney's a thousand years old, but. Got it done in a big spot, and it goes to show you how how um, pivotal that is, and how the game planning, as you guys always allude to, how the game planning is on point with Andy Reid and those boys. Um, that they made Chad Henney look really, really good. Well, he made he helped himself. Yeah, no, I mean he 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 had one huge mistake where he threw an interception on a pass he never should have thrown. He threw it to Demarcus Robinson in double coverage. So Chad needs to learn the rule and not throw it to dust balls, especially when they're well, double he- covered. Well, he's never been. That was his first pass ever in a post game, a, a postseason game. Is, was that right? Like, I don't think he's ever played beyond the season. So big moment, big lights. You know, had to probably get that out. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good point. He certainly he certainly uh, did enough there. Now the Browns can can be can feel pretty aggrieved about this game. They didn't win for a couple of reasons, and I want to get into into them. It's all on the same the same play, but. You know, Jarvis Landry, Cleve, had seven catches in this game. How many yards did he have? Jarvis Landry? Uh, I, so, so not to give a number, under 100 yards? 20. Wait, yeah. I was going to say well under. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I could catch 20 yards in an NFL football game right now if I got seven targets. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think I could. I, th- I think I could make it. I might only have two catches, but I could do it. So, yeah. So, like... Seven for twenty is just is just not going to is just not going to get it done. Now the play in question that I mentioned earlier, towards the end of the first half, we had a play where Rashard Higgins catches a pass. He's going to the end zone. He's stretching out to cross the goal line. He gets hit. Uh, he fumbles the ball. The ball goes forward out through the end zone, and so then that results in a touchback for Kansas City. Kansas City gets the ball at the twenty yard line. So the first thing about this play was the thing that would that wasn't really noticed right away, and that's that uh, this was definitely an illegal hit by the defender. I mean, just pure crown of the helmet uh, directly to the offensive player. Um, so that was a real problem. And then the other issue is that this is what I call the worst rule in sports, which is where if uh, if Rashard Higgins had fumbled the ball out at the one inch line, Cleveland gets the ball at the one inch line. If it goes another inch forward and touches the goal line, Kansas City gets the ball. And, um, you know, if I'm the Browns, you know, the Browns deserve to lose this game because they couldn't beat Chad Henney. But they, I, I, you know, the Giants fans were complaining we weren't talking about enough early in the season. I didn't want to hear it. I'll, I'll hear this from the Browns fans. Well, so you and I had a, a heated discussion offline, um, well, online, offline, uh, about the rule um, and how they treat the end zone. And I think it's a competition committee. So I do agree with you in, at the end of the day. That it is a out, probably an outdated rule, and it's probably it is a dumb rule. Um, when it comes to the the dumbest rule in sports, if we're going to stick to football, I have to go with the double possession because that's kind of the dumbest thing ever. But um, it, it did cost them. 
it did cost them the win because had that been the score, we wouldn't have saw 22 to what? Seven, what was it, 17? Yeah, 22 to 17. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. the thing is, either if they call the illegal hit and then it's first and goal from the inch line, right, or they call the fumble. You know, if you fumble, if the offense fumbles forward out of bounds, the ball comes back to the spot of the fumble everywhere else on the field. So, they, so yeah. if they don't call yeah. it, but that rule doesn't exist and they get it first and goal at the two or something, I think we're looking at another touchdown for Cleveland most likely. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it a hundred times after we, you know, we were going, you know, we we're going back and forth, you and I. And what I ended up saying, if you remember on the text, I ended up saying it should have actually been, should have been a touchdown that they could have, they could have called a touchdown because I think he hit the pylon as well as he was breaking. He was, he got hit as he's breaking the plane. And I guess they're looking for a football move, which definitely that was. He's diving for it, and but he didn't possess it through the through the plane. So. I looked at it as like, well, it's a bang-bang play. To your point, and I didn't notice until I was looking at it, I'm glad you brought it up, it was a, it, it could have been a helmet-to-helmet yeah. or, or spearing or, you know, targeting, whatever you want to call that, because it definitely wasn't a, a clean hit. It was trying to get the ball. He made a play, but unfortunately, he led it with his head. So. Yep. What I don't like about this rule is the severeness of the penalty that comes along with it, right? because it, it, it just doesn't really... Uh, align with a lot of the other you know penalties or, or consequences that go along with making a mistake of, of this type i mean there's no clear recovery in this case it goes out the back of the end zone and to me rewarding the ball to a team that you know maybe didn't cause this fumble either like in this case the, the fumble really wasn't caused by somebody knocking the ball out it was by him reaching and he dropped the ball but there should be some type of a penalty on the team that fumbles you know, the ball and i can understand there being even if they said, let's make it a touchback, but for the team that fumbled the ball. So put, push them all the way back to like the 25 or something like that. But in these cases, so often they're game changing because that change of possession is huge. And to me, rewarding a change of possession when there is no actual change of possession doesn't sit well with me. And it, well, yes, it cost them the game because that was a point differential that could have cost them the game. Mm -hmm. You know, there was still a lot of game left. It's just the severeness compared to all of the other penalties that really doesn't sit well with me. And that's why I, I also think it is an archaic rule that really needs to be thought over. Although it doesn't happen that often, uh, it, it's still, I don't like how severe it is uh, in comparison to all of the other you know, consequences for, for penalties well, or mishaps, if you will. Yeah, and well, Matt, ahead, you know, I'm sorry. So Matt, so you know, we're, we're huge boxing fans. I know this is like an offshoot. So in boxing, um, a quick comparison to kind of like kind of what this correlates to but not really this is the benefit of the doubt in a championship fight back in the days those went 15 rounds opposed to 12 for a regular a regular matchup so they kind of extended the rules in boxing and they changed a little bit of how it's set up and then state to state i guess changes like their three knockdown rule so this is a rule obviously that i think every season we always see something that is like why do they still have this rule and again, to both your points, it's like that's the differential of how they can hang this loss. It's like, wow, we, we got robbed of a touchdown or at least the chance to to, you know, say, OK, let's get it at the one or the whatever, half of the one or whatever. It well, is. and the other the other thing, too, you know, we, we think of rules, we think of penalties. So we're thinking about how what the negative outcome was for for Cleveland and how it's unfair. Part of the unfairness is that Kansas City didn't earn possession. You know, the only way to earn for the defense to earn possession of the ball 
without having to possess the ball is to get a turnover on downs. And there's no way that a guy reaching for the goal line and happening to fumble is the same uh, equivalent of like play being made and stopping a four. You know, it's yeah. just the that reward for the team doesn't make sense. The punishment to the team that fumbles doesn't make sense. And it can swing games. Like it just, th that's, that's why it's the worst rule. The, the outcome makes sense in neither direction. And it has a huge impact on games when it does, when it does come up. And it'd be easy enough to fix. Just make it like a fumble any other time or put a little bit of a penalty on it. Like Matt said, like this is not hard yet. Here it is. Yeah. I agree, and I want I want to say something about Chad Henney too. Um, I think while he did play well and they they did win the game, I, I do think Mahomes going out of the game when they had a lead yeah. does help things a lot from uh, especially from an Andy Reid perspective because one he knows as I've said before he has a capable backup. I mean Henney's been in the league forever uh, and he's been in that system for for a while, and so he knows what he has there. And being able to play from the lead makes it a lot easier because you're not going to ask Chad Henney to do way too much than what he's capable of. And so I, I do think that while he played really well and, you know, did what they needed him to do, uh, I think that factors in, like, if he has to start, he won't, but if he has to start next week, uh, that's going to be a huge problem for them, I think. Yeah. And the last yeah. thing I want to say about uh, this game is, you know, we have to talk about the fourth down call at the end of the game where fourth and one, if Kansas City gets a first down, then the game is over because Clinton doesn't have enough timeouts. And they line up in the shotgun. And so it's like, oh, clearly they're just going to try to draw him offside. And then they actually snapped the ball and threw a pass <laughs> with Chad Henney. And it's just, I mean, Andy Reid is just, he's just a great coach. And the absolute stones that you need to have to call that play. Because if it doesn't work, you know, every idiot with the newspaper column is going to be coming for you. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, was amazing. But after the game, somebody asked him, he said, now fourth and one coach, you know, it, don't you, you know why did you think that was a passing down and he said and i quote every down is a passing down and i'm like yeah that's why you're right. andy reed and that's why pete carroll is pete carroll and that's why you're going to continue winning super bowls and pete carroll playing bingo in three years every down <laughs> is a passing down it doesn't mean you have to pass every down it means that every down you should be thinking about how you can pass to achieve the outcome because that's what football is yeah, now. Advance, advance the ball. That's football. Advance the ball up the field. I mean, every down is a passing down. It's one of those things that, like, seems so obvious once you hear it. Like, in Nolan Hold'em, you can't make a full house unless the, pair, unless the board is paired. Like, oh, yeah, that's pretty obvious when somebody says it out loud. Like, yeah, every down is a passing down. Morons, throw the ball. Okay, and then here we have the Buccaneers 30 at the Saints 20. This was the last game of the weekend. And so, obviously, the Buccaneers won the game which means I have to apologize to the Buccaneers for calling them frauds because they are clearly not fraudulent. Um, and this seems like a wild swing back and forth. Like, oh, they were they were frauds up until they won one single game. Well, not really, because the reason they were fraudulent is that last time they played a good team, they got beat. Then they played nobody. And then they played a team that uh, whooped on them twice in the regular season on the road. And they came away with the victory here. So, congratulations to the Bucks. They are not fraudulent. They did not get trounced again by the Saints like I thought. And um, they have a legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl. Do you think that, um, to let, you know, if you have to lay blame at somebody, do you think Drew Brees lost them the game versus Tom Tom and the boys pulling it out? Uh, I think that's a little unfair. I mean, I because I don't want to take away anything from the Bucks here. I think the Buccaneers won this game. You know, I think that they, that they did what they had to do to win this game. However... It's pretty clear. It's pretty four, clear. Okay, four picks. Is done. I mean, I'm sorry, four turnovers. 
four turnovers. Crucial. And that that, that resulted, I believe, in three three mm-hmm. scoring drives. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Drew Brees did not help. It wasn't like this was a game where, like, both teams deserved to win. Or, you know, it's a shame somebody had to lose. Like, no, the Bucks deserved to win and the Saints deserved to lose. But uh, the four turnovers is a problem. And I think it's related to Michael Thomas's stat line. So, Cleve, how many catches and how many yards did Michael Thomas have in this game? Uh, let's let's say four catches, 20... Th- oh, I'm sorry, He had yards. zero catches for zero yards. Wow. Wasn't, he, wasn't even right. used. He was very hurt, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean he was he was a little he was a little hurt, but still like he's out there, you gotta give him the ball. What was he gimpy or was he just like you know, being out there is you know, he's a decoy, obviously, like, oh they're gonna go to this guy and then he's just running. I, th- I think he took the spike. So I think that I think he was okay. playing through some serious pain. It makes sense. I mean, I um you know, I wouldn't take anything anything from the Bucks because I, I've been saying for the last several weeks that I think if Tom gets to play Tom ball and when it counts, guy shows up big. Um, but yeah, four turnovers that results in three scoring drives. There's no way to kind of close that gap. And I was wrong about picking, picking them at home. I was really, I was sitting there like, wow, I picked these guys to win at home. It looks like dog shit. Yeah. I, I just don't think the, I just don't think the home field advantage means as much as it used to. Especially this year, because they're they're not playing with a full house of, of fans, and where the noise really does make a difference. And I think it just doesn't have as much of a factor. Like when I picked games this year, it hasn't been because of who's playing where, except where weather could be a factor. And in this game, weather was never going to be a factor. It was a matter of who played better, because it's basically like a neutral field at that point. That is true. Yeah, I mean, I think in Matt, you you definitely have the best the best look at getting the Super Bowl. Uh, prediction correct with your Bills Bucks. Obviously, I'm dead with the Ravens and the Seahawks because uh, apparently every down is a running down. Um, but yeah, I mean the Bills Bucks could definitely happen even if Mahomes, even if Mahomes does play. And so I'm not. I actually, this I'm not doubling down. I think I'm. I will get to it later. I think Green Bay is going to win, but I will not be shocked if Tampa Bay is able to pull this out because Tom Brady is playing playing really well. Yeah. I mean that's the formula for them to win. If Tom only has to throw for a buck ninety nine and the defense causes four turnovers, that's a really good yeah. that, that, that that's a really good recipe for success for that team. A pee wee coach could coach that up. Well, I loved Arians after the game when he said, "I let Tom coach," unlike other coaches. And I was like, "Wait a minute, hold on." I'm glad. I was like, one "Wait, of you wait, guys wait, 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 wait." So we're really gonna we're really gonna throw pot shots at the guy who won six Super Bowls just because you've made it to a conference title game for the first time? Come on. <laughs> I, I would have I would have walked in with a Kangol on and all six rings like a jerk. I mean, so Bruce Arians obviously is not the person trying to make this point with his one conference title game appearance. He's basically Wayne Fonts, but uh, like <laughs> I I can there's an argument to be made that New England should have like they should have lost the first Super Bowl to the Rams and then never lost another one. And so yeah. I can see where you could be like, well, you lost him to the Giants because you wouldn't let Tom Brady do what he needed to do or whatever. But that's not an argument for Bruce Arians to be making when he's probably going to lose to Green Bay this week. Yeah. It's just, you know, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek stuff, but it's like it's it's actually hilarious that you take shots at this guy. But I'm like, you walk into the locker room with six, six championship rings, that should give you enough currency to kind of say, well, should I get a little bit of leverage here to kind of play the way I think, think we should play? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Cleve, so I'm going to let you decide now. Do you want to immediately preview the other games first, or do you want to talk about your boy Phil Rivers retiring? 
Oh, wow. That was news to me. When, when was that? Yeah, today? so I actually or... saw about 3 o'clock this morning. I saw the news come across. And, of course, yesterday was all about the inauguration. Wow. Um, so, yeah, Philip Rivers has decided to retire, which I was a little shocked by because he had a, he just made $25 million this year. So, clearly, he must think that he's done or something. Yeah, I I think um you know the obviously the wear and tear of the uh, of the game, but it, it just looks like the Colts can't get it right. Andrew Luck bails, Philip obviously bails because he's had you know he's paid a thousand years. Um, and I was just saying last week I was like, hey, he might be done, and you're like, nope, he's gonna get. You know they paid him twenty five million, so obviously he's on the hook. You know they're on the hook for it. But um yeah, I'm not shocked. Um, I think he's a Hall of Famer, so I would never say that the guy, you know, doesn't but not probably not a first ballot, but um. Yeah, a little shocked to hear that, um, but kind of not shocked as well. So, do they stay with uh, with the backup reset, or do they well, that, draft? Well, see, that's what what's going to be that's what's going to be really interesting. So, I'm going to pull up their draft position here, which of course is not that great because they made the playoffs. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, say so that they're drafting too. 21st. You know, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so they're drafting 21st. I, you know, none of the top five quarterbacks are going to be there. Are they really going to spend a first round pick on? Mac Jones out of Alabama or Kyle Trask out of Florida, you know, I don't think that makes I don't think that makes much sense. I think they're much better off staying staying with Brissett, but that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch um, and see what they decide to do because I can't think do they have pieces that they could move to try to trade up with some of these other teams that are up there. I I don't think so. So you know, I, I love giving you guys the, the the GM hats that you like to wear. Do you think that if you guys are both the GMs of the Colts? And, you know, you got him to come in for this year, obviously. Well, a two-year deal, it's what you probably thought you were going to get. Do you think that he told them now? Or you think that they knew going into the postseason, like, hey, listen, you know what? I, I think I'm going to be done after this. What do you think? Because th- this obviously changes everything now in your war room. Um, you know, you got a solid backup in Brissett. But what do you do? Like, you guys think this was, like, something that they saw coming? Or... They just got totally blindsided by. So I think that he probably made this known to them when he signed the two-year contract in the first place. And it was a, we'll see how I feel so, after the first year. So wouldn't that affect the money? Wouldn't that say, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Then let's well, not be so, so he signed a two-year, $50 million deal, right? So he gets $25 million per year. So the Colts are like, well, we'll give him $25 million each year. He won't retire after one year because he's going to be foregoing $25 million. But, but I mean, Phil Rivers yeah. is, he's a pretty authentic person. Um, you know, he, he believes mm-hmm. what he believes and he does everything Phil bore. So if he doesn't think that he's got what it takes to help the team win, he, I don't think, I actually don't think that he would allow himself to take the money. He might actually view it as stealing. Okay. Yep. Um, so now to preview the games coming up this week, obviously both games are on Sunday and they're the, the conference championship games. And to me, this is my favorite football, uh, NFL football weekend of the year every year. You know, there's just so much mm-hmm. on the line. And, you know, I feel like the team that loses the Super Bowl, they still made the Super Bowl. So while it's really disheartening and it sucks, it's still an accomplishment. To me, losing it this mm-hmm. weekend, you just, you, like, you just failed. Oh, you, well, I mean, you're right. Because imagine what it took to get, you know, especially through this season, like this this particular year, you know, like, well, last year, this year, what it took. And then you get right to, like, within a game, w- within 60 minutes, you know, discounting the game that you got to play, that you just get the Super Bowl berth. Because some, some, you know, some players would never see 
you know, this weekend. They would never see this weekend, you know. And then some players like Tom Brady's like, yeah, it's my 14th one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, you know, we often think about um close Super Bowls and you know, teams that lose close Super Bowls, like the Giants losing to Scott Norwood or the Bills losing to the Giants when Scott Norwood misses the field goal. You know, the Bills can make an argument that they were the best team in the league that year, which the goal is to win the Super Bowl, not to be the best team, but they can at least make the argument. But, like, who did the Bills beat to go to the Super Bowl that year? It, which, it, uh, it doesn't year? matter. Uh, like, like we, nobody knows. Uh, literally nobody knows, right? Once yeah. you get a few years out, nobody remembers who loses the conference title games because it literally doesn't matter. So that's why I like this game because, like, the, lose, like, the losers are still actual losers, whereas in the Super Bowl, I feel like if you lose the Super Bowl – you still have an accomplishment of having made it. Yeah, and and I think you said this a while ago, um, in regards to draft status and draft, you know, and the pecking order. Obviously, you got that far. You don't have, you know, you're gonna get like a late pick uh, to retool, and if you could resign your guys, you know, so yeah, you lose a, in a lot of ways. You lose in so many ways that we don't think about that. So the, yeah, it, I see your point to how vital this weekend is to. The whole process of getting to the Super Bowl or getting yep. to and so the I wanted season. to say that this week to set up how we will talk about the outcomes of these games next week, right? Um, because two of these teams are gonna be absolutely mm-hmm. devastated. And so the first game we have here, we have the Bucks at the Packers. This game is at 305. Uh, and the Packers are three and a half point favorites. Now they opened as four and a half point favorites, which means after the line came out, a lot of money started coming in, which makes sense to me. I mean, Tampa's playing really well. They just won on the road in in New Orleans. But, Cleve, the question is, will Tampa be affected by the cold weather up in Green Bay? I think so. I think, um, you know, uh, like you're from Michigan. Like you're from that area your whole life, I, I presume. Um, I'm from New Jersey from, for most of my life. Um, but coming here to the DMV, the weather here is kind of weird to me. <laughs> it's like a weird weather pattern. It's, it's just really weird to me. But if you're Florida going to green, like that was like the, probably the worst scenario that they, that they could pull is having to go to the frozen tundra. And I think there might be snow if I'm not uh, mistaken. I think they, the weather calls for snow, whether it's light or whatever. So yeah, it's going to be fun to watch these guys have to play. Tom, Tom will be fine. Cause Tom played relatively most of his career or a good uh, 80% of it, you know, up, up in uh, New England, and you know they have to play in these conditions mm-hmm. or play in the cold, so he'll be fine. But like the Fournette and those guys, oh yeah, yeah. And I think that. you know we talked about this a, oh, a couple weeks ago, but you know player people just want to say like, oh, the professionals just get over it. Like when it gets cold enough, there's no just getting over it. And if you if you've never been in a situation for or haven't frequently been in a situation where the air hurts your face. There's no, like, it doesn't matter how big, strong, yeah. and tough you are. There's that sting. Like, you have to get used to that. And I think that the Bucks might be might be in some trouble with that, even though Tom should be okay. Uh, Mike Evans, you know, might, might not like it so much. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the guys that played ball right. in the SEC and, and below. And yeah, below, so I actually think that could, that could come, that could come into play here. Uh, the other thing to talk about here is we have Brady versus Rodgers in the playoffs, which we've never had before because New England never played Green Bay in the Super Bowl. So uh, my question for you here actually is: over the last couple of years, who do you actually, who would you actually rather have, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Given taking the coaching out of it, um, I'll take mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. 
Um, and it's because Brady, I did this little bias there because Brady cost, you know, he pretty much ruined the Jets season every year that he was in that division. But I think Aaron Rodgers, if if the coaching was different, and I'm not talking flip-flopping Belichick for, for McCarthy, I'm just talking about any other coach who knows this kind of weapon is in their possession, that he should have way more Super Bowls. He should have at least three Super Bowls, if 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 not more, um, given the talent, the arm talent, the decision-making, the athleticism that, that it goes with. Tom is Thomas, Thomas, the guy that like he just gets it done, and he looks like an NFL quarterback. Like he has the look, but Brady, I mean, sorry, um, um, Rogers to me is you know is a full complement of like what you want in a in a quarterback. So I I'm rooting for Rogers, but if Tom and I said this offline to Matt, if Tom makes it and just gives this team a berth to the Super Bowl. He, I have to say that he's probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback that I, that's. Ever I mean, I think I think that's fair. Honestly, I think Tom Brady already is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, um, and that's because I, when I think of greatness, I take like ability and accomplishments and sort of smash them together. And the example mm-hmm. I always use is that Barry Sanders is the best running back I've ever seen, but Emmitt Smith is the greatest. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point about mm-hmm. best and greatest because. Uh, there's chasms apart for those two comparisons. Like my guy was always Joe cool. Like I thought that was the greatest quarterback I ever saw, but then he's playing, he's playing with, with, uh, right. With Jerry Rice, which is like a game. Yeah. So Tom gets the nod as the greatest quarterback ever in, in my, you know, in my humble opinion, because the teams that they took to the Super Bowl, um, and you know the coaching, and I, I think it's very unfair because Matt and I were talking about this offline. It's very unfair to to say to Belichick now, well, you know, without Tom Brady, you're nothing. And I'm like, I don't know if I could go there yet. You know, we got one a one season sample when a guy's not in the building, but they could have easily won ten games this year in New England with what they had to to work with. Um, so yeah, if Tom goes to the Super Bowl and wins it, <laughs> he should go in this the next morning smelling like champagne and. And Robert Kraft's uh, <laughs> happy ending. <laughs> he should literally go in the next, no five-year wait. Just put the guy in the hall because he, he's going to have his own wing in the hall. If you think about it, he's going to have his own wing. Not because he took the Bucks to the Super Bowl or, or won the Super Bowl with the Bucks. It's just that the accomplishments and given with so little that he had to work with that we saw what happened when you removed him from the equation without the complement of weapons or complement of players around him that he could make it better. So... You know, um, but I, I got Rogers going back to the initial question, not getting, you know, getting off topic. I got Rogers as, um, as as playing, playing this out. And especially this year, with only having really one guy to kind of rely on. So well, it's going to be interesting. And we've never had this matchup to your point. So it'd be great to see this head to head because we saw what what happened with Breeze and it was the geezers at Caesars in that regard. So it was like it's like that's a, that's the matchup you want like early in their career, like in their prime. So yeah, I mean obviously dude had 14 broken ribs or some shit like to deal with weeks before. So obviously coming out to play in that kind of game. Yeah, no, I agree. You know? And then and then the last point for this game for make our predictions is you know the Bucks just held Michael Thomas to zero catches on zero yards. Are they going to be able to do something similar to Devontae Adams? Because if so, the game's probably over, right? Yeah, it's 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 just a, again, it's just kind of like um, how you you know how you how you game plan, how you scheme it up. 
And it's going to be interesting to see this lineup because, again, you know, we, we've we had the, you know, did um did Donald Driver play with, with uh, and I'm, I'm going to sound stupid here, did Donald Driver play with uh, both these guys or just uh, Brett Favre? Wait, what was that? With with Rodgers. So, like, I'm looking at the weapons, mm -hmm. like, that he doesn't have this year. So, I'm looking at the receivers that, that, that have been in Green Bay. Obviously, I think Brett Favre had the best receiving core of his run. But was Rodgers left with any of those guys so, when he got So Rodgers didn't take over like, for four years. So he didn't start playing until for Green Bay or three years. It was like oh seven that he started that he started playing. So um oh God, did he have so he so Rodgers so they the person that overlapped them was Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings overlapped between them and then oh, okay. Rodgers got Jordy right. Nelson, um, and like uh James Jones and Randall Cobb and then Devontae Adams. And then still only Devontae Adams because he refused to draft anybody else. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but Greg Jennings yeah. was the guy that overlapped for him. Yeah, so, okay, awesome, awesome. So, um, so what do you yeah, think? Yeah, so, I mean, this, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Devontae Adams can be shut down. The question is, can he be limited at all? And part of the thing with limiting a receiver is that, well, can you make a quarterback not want to throw to that receiver? And I don't think you can do that. Like, I think Devonta Adams is going to get 15 targets in this game, no matter what. Like, Ronnie Lott and Deion Sanders can come in and double-team Devonta Adams, and he's still going to get he's still going to get his targets. So, I think that Devonta is going to be able to get his. As far as the overall game goes, this is. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be somewhat low scoring because of the weather. I think Green Bay is going to win the game. However, I will. I cannot go put my voice recorded and say that Green Bay is going to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay because I, I can't do it. I cannot say Green Bay is going to go to the Super Bowl. I can't. Is it because is it because of personnel groupings, the matching, like the matchups? Like, what do you? I mean, give me something. Like, why you think? Mm, why do I think no. I can't say Green like, why Bay? Do you think that? Oh, because fuck the Packers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck the. Oh, okay. So, so it's more of a bias. Okay, all right. So that's what I wanted you to say. That yes. is more of a bias than yes. it is like actual. Like, okay, I can I can see this. So it's actually just a personal personal. That's like yeah. That's what I said about Tom. It's like I would love for the guy to get the accomplishment of what he's gonna get, but I think he has enough. <laughs> Like fuck them, you know. Like just give someone else a nod. So, but but I, in all fairness, I um the last time I remembered feeling like this for a player was when Kurt Warner um almost took the um took the Cardinals to another you know well not to another but took them to a chip because I I, I love Kurt Warner as, as a player. I'm like this guy's great, but I just look at it like I like Rogers in this one, and I think Rogers. When his career ends, or, or you know, when it's over, obviously we don't think that after this year he's you know not going to play. But I want I want him to stick it to the Packers. Like, look, you, you guys drafted Jordan yep. Lo um, Jordan Love. Is, is that the guy's name? <laughs> he's like, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's a Super Bowl ring. You know, yeah. Rogers no, I think I think that's, that's pretty good. And yeah, I mean, if somebody put a gun to my cat's head and was like, hey. Who's gonna win this game? I would say Green Bay, but nobody's gonna do that. So go Bucks. Yeah, make a prediction. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I wanted to say a couple things. First yeah. of all, uh, Cleve, if they ever rename the Hall of Fame wing to the Tom Brady wing, Peyton Manning will once again be under Tom Brady's um, nutsack, basically. So, so there's that. So that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, as far as this game, I'm obviously picking the Bucks because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. But I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Aaron Rodgers thing. Like I too am in the same boat as you all. I make the distinction between greatest and best because, as far as talent is concerned, like Aaron Rodgers is the 
you know, the best I've seen do it in terms of like arm strength, accuracy, everything that he does. And to me, his lack of accomplishments compared to a guy like Brady don't diminish his greatness, if that makes sense. And I and, and, and so I just wanted to say that. But as far as this yeah. game, I'm picking the Bucks. I'm picking Brady and uh, Bruce Arians can let him coach, let him not coach. I don't think it really makes a difference. Um, but if we see Bruce Arians with a sleeveless hoodie on at the Super Bowl, you'll know exactly what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. I uh, this should be an over and under on when or when and how Gis- like um, Giselle loses her mind in this in this game <laughs> to see what happens because you know I think Tom's play is obviously so who's the most likely candidate for Giselle to take out field. if they lose this game. Oh. <laughs> Dave, I'll, I'll let you. So the thing is, if the Bucks who's lose the first this target? game, but Tom Brady plays well, the, it would have to be the defense. It would have to be they just could not stop Devontae Adams. So I'm going to say that he that she would take out like Carlton Davis, the defensive back. Just take to Twitter, light him up, send all the Giselle <laughs> fans into the mentions, make him have to close his account. <laughs> Right, because if they lose, because Tom Brady plays bad, and she, you know, then she's not going to say anything. Cause it's Tom's fault. But if it's, yeah. yeah, if they if they lose like forty five to forty one, or oh, Todd Bowles is the defensive coordinator, he could be in for it. I think a great candidate is if Cameron wow. Brady got the pass, that could be the game winner, and then she can take him out because that's your guy, Dave. Dust oh. ball, dust ball, great. Oh, as, oh yeah. as, man, as the. Could you imagine the rage? And, and as the, the old rage HBO that, boxing oh God, guy Jim would Lampley awesome. would say, we will not see Cameron Braid on HBO again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, so Matt takes the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks as well, although somewhat biasedly. And then Cleve is taking the Packers, also somewhat biasedly. <laughs> That's Cleve. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers. Yeah. I, well, I, I just want to, I just want to, you know, uh, sum up with. I just think that Rogers. Um, he should be able to lament his his status in the in the pantheon of, of all the the champions. That this guy should not have have one Super Bowl. He's just it blows my mind when you look at him play. Look at the stats and and the body of work. You're like, this only one Super Bowl? How? You know? And again, it's you know the coaching and how I said about the Brady Belichick thing. You know, McCarthy probably hurt his career. In the fact that he doesn't have that. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Now, to talk about we talk about two old quarterbacks and their legacies. Now it's time to talk about two great young quarterbacks um, who will have great legacies of their own. We have the Bills at the Chiefs in the AFC title game at six forty p.m. Uh, my first note I wrote down here is Will Mahomes play? Vegas certainly thinks Mahomes is going to play because the Chiefs are three point favorites right now. What's the concussion protocol? Is it is it what is it uh, four days? Five I, days? I, I don't know. I mean, come back? it usually takes seven days a minimum to clear the protocol, but who knows like how they can like if they can rush certain steps or combine steps or. Now was your knees buckling on national TV like that? He fucking buckled like he he was out. Yeah, no, I mean <laughs> he, he was, was definitely he was bust. definitely definitely hurt. But you know it's about how fast he can respond. If it's his first ever concussion, he might come back. You know he might be good by Saturday morning. You know I I don't know, but Vegas certainly thinks he's going to play right now with the Chiefs being favored by three. If he doesn't play, then Vegas gives the Bills a seventy five percent chance to win the game. Wow. No chance honestly, of well, being a, a one in four chance, actually. But no, I was gonna say honestly, the Chiefs with Henny starting <laughs> remind me a lot of 
the uh, Patriots team with Matt Castle the year Brady got hurt, where they had Welker, Moss, and a lot of talent. And, um, you know, would that team have beaten this Bills team? I, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the the thing too. Well, first of all, I would love to see like a Chad Henney Tom Brady Super Bowl, just the all Michigan <laughs> out of nowhere. And then of course Henney wins. <laughs> just just rip it from him. Um, oh. You know, it'd be good because Tom Brady's the only one getting it. Elvis Gerbach didn't win any Super Bowls. So, um, fun fact: uh, <laughs> I actually uh, wrote and had Elvis Gerbach uh, give me an autograph back when I was a kid because I had no idea what a good football player was and I thought he was cool. When whoa, I was a kid, so uh, it was the year he started. I think they went like twelve and four. I actually it was when I was little, little. I wrote letters to a whole bunch of like sports players, and I got a bunch of stuff back. And he actually sent me back a signed photo yeah. of himself playing. It's probably That's awesome. In, it's probably Get in my parents' uh, you know, storage <laughs> unit or whatever. But yeah, it was the coolest thing ever because I physically wrote letters to them. That's how old I am now. And yeah, I got a thing back from the Kansas City Chiefs. It was like official envelope, and it had a picture with his actual signature on it, not one of those like, like I actually got one back from Charles Barkley that was like a canned <laughs> photo with no signature. It was like a printed signature on it, but this was legit Sharpie signature. Oh. <laughs> I probably did, made but that like I wrote to everybody. I remember my that. father being like such a trooper with it because he sat there and was like, "These people are never going to respond back." And I got a stock photo from like Patrick Ewing because obviously like his you know agent or whatever was just stuffing shit in an envelope for all these little kids that wrote to him. And but I remember Elvis Gerbach was a legit <laughs> one, and I I was excited. So it, it as a kid I was like, "Holy shit!" A football player wrote back and signed something for me. That would never happen today. If <laughs> If you were like a make-a-wish you know, kid, he would probably you know, spend the entire fucking year with you. That would be you. great for if Just we ever do a, if we ever do a video a version of this next oh, season. Man. If I can find it, I can I can show everybody. That needs to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, you know how that needs to be in the fucking Hall of Fame. Of fame like, oh, <laughs> it'd be a picture of Elvis Gerbach and then a bunch of like what like old Patriots jerseys from the Kevin Falk days. It would be it would be a picture of you yelling at your mom for jinxing the Super Bowl. You know, that got brought up again this week, actually. And I had a saw in my hand when it got brought up, so that probably wasn't the safest thing. <laughs> yeah, that's not... Yeah, I think don't, somebody brought it up. Don't and do that with power and tools. And everybody stopped talking about it. But that's the thing, though, Cleve. Yeah. Like, you talk the, about, like, you know, how people... How, how, um, I don't know if you mentioned <laughs> I hear on your other show, The Manual, but, like, people pray for the life you have. Like, I would love for my mom people to jinx the Lions yeah. in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and I was, I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's and a problem the, I the, like the, to have. The thing about it was, is, like, she's not really a sports person. Uh, and, you know, she's going through some stuff uh, right now, like cancer and all that. But she asked me, Wild Card Weekend, she's like, hey, how are the Patriots doing this week? And I was like, Sorry, probably pretty that. good. They're in a nice warm home and not on a cold field <laughs> right now. Yeah, golf courses are wide open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, great. You know, it's, it's kind of a bless heart thing where she was trying to uh, emulate like my excitement for it because she really wasn't a sports person, and so she was, she she didn't know any better. But I still was pissed. But I agree. I, I there's a lot of people who'd kill for that. Like uh, talking about the Bills earlier, I said if I, I think I'd rather be a Bills fan, see four Super Bowls, even though we lost, than probably be one of you two guys. I mean, I, I think that's you know not that crazy. I mean, it sucks that they lost all four, yeah. but. Going to four in a row, it's an accomplishment nonetheless. Oh yeah, I would I would punch Cleve in the face if couldn't get the line to lose the Super Bowl for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can, <laughs> I can oh, only yeah. hope that in just the being life, in, just like, being the life in cycle one. of this show that the Jets and Lions play in a Super Bowl. That would be one of the greatest days in the show's history. 
I mean, Cleveland will be like 200 by then. We might be able <laughs> to get <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> after the last bro. four years, we're already living in a simulation. If the Jets and the Lions play each other in the Super Bowl, that guarantees that this is not Earth One. Like, this is not the real universe. If that happens, <laughs> yeah. there's just no chance. And if there was ever a time to show a live recording of us doing anything, it's not me watching the AFC South AFC title game. It would be the two of you watching the Super Bowl. Like, I would film that and then narrate it like NFL oh, film. That would be great. That it, would like, be guys you know, punching each other. And stuff like that. Well, if the Lions play the Jets in the Super Bowl, like we're going. So, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. Even if I gotta, even if I gotta, like, yeah, I'm, right I'm going. To be sitting when the Lions, win, if the Lions make the Super Bowl, the first time they make it, I am going. Like, I, I don't care. I don't care if I gotta charge it and pay twenty eight percent interest yeah. on the ticket. Like, I am, I am not, <laughs> not going to the, the Super Bowl the first time the Lions make it. Like, what, what the hell do I go to work for? If either one of your two teams make the Super Bowl while we're doing this show, we need to sneak on Radio Row, like Pirate Radio oh, yeah. Row, political oh, yeah. football. Oh, we're not yeah. supposed to be here. Let's see how long this episode will last. Go. Just, just, just black ass Cleve walking around, <laughs> be like I'm Jim Rome. Come in the jungle. The Super Bowl doesn't start till I. <laughs> I was th- I was thinking more MAGA style with uh, with with a couple of fucking flagpoles, whatever, some tiki torches, whatever. <laughs> so speaking of so speaking of like the Bills, so how if if a Bills fan was born in the year two thousand, right? I, they obviously don't know the pain of the four Super Bowl appearances and all of that kind of stuff and how great their team was in yesteryear. How pumped yeah. do you think these guys oh, feel yeah. Bill's Mafia? Is that what they go by now? Oh, the Mafia is out how, of How minds. pumped do you think these I guys mean, are right now? How, how could you not be? They're, their team is actually really good. I mean, the Bills are legitimately, actually, I think we're the, the two best teams. And as a note I wrote down here, if Mahomes plays in this game, this game is the Super Bowl in my mind. Not that the winner of this game is for sure going to win the Super Bowl, but this is the two best teams in the league playing each other. So, you know, I, I, if I'm the Mafia, I'm I'm just lighting all the picnic tables on fire and jumping through them. It's, it's so funny. Sorry, Matt. It's so funny, not in a ha-ha way, but it's so funny, I guess, the irony of it is that Tom leaves the division. Another team rises from that division to possibly go represent you know the AFC East, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like LeBron leaving the East. It's like, yo, you know what? I'll take the stranglehold off this, off this thing right now, so someone else can get a shot. Like, I think that that alone is a great narrative because, um, you know, we, we're so used to the Patriots being in this spot, in this probably in this weekend. You know that it's kind of surreal that that we're seeing the Bills. You know, not the Dolphins or whoever else. We're yeah, and, and I and I think. Up. I mean, I really think the Bills could win this game. I'm talking like that Mahomes is going to play. So, because if Mahomes doesn't play, then clearly like Buffalo should just roll through this game. So, um, but if Mahomes plays, I I still think Buffalo can can pull this game out because the weather concerns. It's going to be cold, but it's Buffalo. Like you know, going to Kansas City, so like that should be okay. Um, They're going to have a crowd, but it's not going to be your normal Arrowhead crowd. Mm -hmm. I I think the Buffalo could win this game. I do too. Yeah. I'm going for Buffalo too, so we're all, we're all in the same camp on this one. Um, and it's crazy because we for 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 weeks we're looking at the Chiefs for how unbeatable they are, but the fact that their quarterback is a little buzzed and Henny might be yeah. at the helm, it changes a lot because you can't complement those weapons with a with with the arm but talent that the you had on the field versus you got on the field. The Jets, and that feels like ages ago. 
uh, I mean, the Browns, to their credit, they mm-hmm. I mean before Mahomes left the game. I mean, they were holding them to field goals a, a lot. Yep. And I do think that the, the Chiefs are not this right now. They're not playing at the level that they were earlier where they feel like an unbeatable beast. And the Bills don't feel like a fraud sitting in the spot next to them. Like they feel like an equal and they seem to be playing like an equal, if not a little bit better. I mean, you know, they, that game against the Ravens, you know, wind or not, I mean, that was an impressive win against the team that had come in looking really good. So I, I think Dave's right. I mean, th- this game intrigues me a lot more than the other game, uh, just because I think these two teams are wildly talented. And if all goes well, we could see a really great game. That it, th- This game feels like a couple years ago when the Chiefs and Patriots played in Arrowhead and the Patriots went in there and beat them on the road. And that was an exciting game. Like I, that was just one of those games that whether you liked either team or not, it was an exciting football game. I could see this game being like that. And I could see either one of these teams coming out on top. But if the Bills lose this game, I don't think it's something to be ashamed of because this is a major accomplishment for how bad that they've been since the Music City miracle. Like, they really haven't had anything to hang their hat on at all. And uh, they look really, really good. And I think it could be a stepping stone to much bigger things for them, even if they lose. I also have a Bills fan who is my age about... And I talked to him if the Bills make the Super Bowl about would he be interested in coming on for like a little segment to talk about, you know, his experiences through as a Bills fan and like what people back home are are experiencing. So if you guys are up for that, that might be something we can do if they win the game. Yeah, the <clears throat> the um the fandom, you know, uh, of 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 sports, you know, we all celebrate and we you know we take pot shots at, at each other. You know, Matt, you you know, of the three of us, you're the one that literally the region of the world that you come from i think what eleven. six or nine parades that you've seen i've lived through hold on was that is that right 11 my bad i forgot the no hockey. i'm sorry the i messed that up as well. uh, it's Fucking 12. Guy. <laughs> 12 okay so yeah you've seen you've seen the the greatest uh run of of an area uh region sports uh, pretty much in all the, the four majors, like run through, like you run through championships where, you, you know, it probably got old at some point for you guys, or you probably just like got so used to it that it was great. So, <clears throat> you know, for your friend to see a possible Super Bowl berth and a win, you know, good for him, man. It's it's, it's something to be said because I root for a team that doesn't show up and they haven't shown up for a long time. And, you know, we last time I think Sanchez took us to an AFC. Uh, and then it was just like whatever after that. But you know, Bills fans, if you're listening, any Bills fans out there, good luck. And you know, you guys deserve. And you guys to, might not. You guys might not believe this, but it actually had. for me personally never got old. Uh, I, I knew what I was looking at and always took appreciation of it, which is why I distanced myself so much from most of New England sports fandom because they didn't. You know, I, I would go back home and my father would listen to the radio and I'd be hearing them complain about a 10 and 2 team and thinking, what is wrong with you guys? Like, I don't understand it. Like, the, <laughs> the, the, the nature of success to me isn't something that you forget. Like, you never forget where it started or where you came from. And so when I think about my friend, you know, and his friends who I know a few of them who are Bills fans, like this is genuinely something that I'm excited for them on because I know what that feels like. And no matter how many times it happened, Every one of them felt good and different for their different reasons because I was in a different point in my life when they happened. But I never was one of those, like, I can't talk to other, like, Patriots fans because this year they're dumping on Belichick. And I'm thinking, you don't even have a clue of what you are taking for granted. 
that so many other people, whether it's sports or not, you know, they're, they're taking it for granted. And I, I never did. I always felt it. Everything felt special and good if every time. There was never like, oh, another one, put it up there. It just, it never felt that way for me because it's fleeting, even though it was a 20-year period. Like, we could go another 80 years and never win a damn thing. And Right, um, like, like the Red Sox were cursed mm-hmm. up until the second they weren't. Right. Well, so like, how do you yeah. go from me like Red Sox? We can never win anything. You yeah. win one, and now you're like, oh yeah, now we just deserve to win everything all the time. I'm with you, Matt. I completely agree. I don't. Yeah, and like that that that, that Red Sox championship in October was the most special moment in my sports lifetime because it it equated for me family members who are who are long gone who never got to see that and like that such a long of a drought like now that i know what like my grandparents and their great grandparents felt all those times when they they lost it doesn't that that's why it never is taken for granted for me because hell my son could end up being that person who never sees anything right like my grandfather died two years before they won that one so he never got to see it in his lifetime and that that to me keeps me grounded in this yeah. and any any fan if you're listening from new england and you take that for granted and you're complaining then you need to get off the bandwagon and out of my life because i don't want you there <laughs> you know um was it the was it the cubbies that someone i think there was a, a big thing about this when they won that someone rated a fucking century like they were literally 100 years old when their team like they were going to these games forever and their team finally showed up to to a chip um, so yeah, I both uh, the sentiments of that. Switching switching to a political before we close off. It's like this win for the Democratic Party. It's like four four Super Bowls in a row. You're gonna get to enjoy your win, whether this administration does well or not. <clears throat> you got four years to kind of see something else from what we just saw. So a lot of people, friends of mine, that have expressed to me either in phone call or through text. Uh, good, bad, and different because I have a couple of friends that are not really happy about the change and I don't shit on them for it but I, I just try to see the romanticism of what we just saw like what what it was to what it could be or what you know we should have now and I'm just saying to, to you guys like we had to endure the four years that was that was just so for us to have another four years or four years or something else it's not that bad you know it's it's we still survived the Trump years, you know. We, albeit it was fucking turmoil, but we still survived it. Give someone else a chance, whether they're gonna fall flat or take us to another level. Give them a chance before you condemn them today. Says you know what, this is day one of this guy's presidency. We don't know how it's gonna be, you know, four years from now. We can make our argument then. It's just okay, this is what happened or didn't happen. But like to to doom someone when they take over a job day one, it's kind of unfair. Because four years ago, we were doing this for a guy saying, hey, you know so what? So I think that the does. argument that your friends and are making is disingenuous. Are. Now, are they upset because Trump didn't win or do they want somebody besides Biden? Uh, both. So they, they land in both camps. Um, mostly, if I had to pick pick a side, they mostly just felt that Trump was the most unfairly treated president ever. And I was like, well, what about the four that got assassinated and the four that that got shot at? If you're talking about treated bad. So I don't know how they kind of link that he wasn't able to do anything. Yeah. So the thing, the thing is, is that, that their, their argument is disingenuous so, on its face. For one, the examples of Trump's incompetence are just overwhelming. You know, you just said we survived Trump's America, but 400,000 of us didn't. 
Um, and that number, that number, no matter who was president, yeah. would have been fifty to sixty thousand. But that's still an extra three hundred thousand and change that could that you know could that could still be with us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that the arguments for when I hear people argue like, oh, Trump got treated unfairly and all this or whatever, it, the thoughts are always inwards. It's always about what they want or what they want for their guy. It's never about kids separated from their parents. You know, we can't find we can't find the parents. It's not people that are sick that. You know, shouldn't have been sick because you should handle the pandemic from from the beginning, right? It's always the inward focus. What did I want? I didn't get it, and that means that Trump must have been treated unfairly. But really, Trump's just incompetent. He couldn't and couldn't get and couldn't get anything done. So, I think that mm -hmm. then to take that feeling and be like, well, then we're not going to give Joe Biden a chance. They were never giving Joe Biden a chance. It's a disingenuous argument, right? People who like Trump aren't going to think Joe Biden's going to do a good yeah. job, even when he does a good job. So I don't really, I don't really care what, what they have to say yeah. about it. Yeah, well, I, I and I feel and I and I echo that sentiment to a T because, like I said, it's just you know we we all don't get in life what we want. It's just that's life. That's if you if you think that you're supposed to get everything you you're supposed to set out to get, then good luck because you're gonna get a hard truth or a hard stop in your face at some point that it doesn't work like that. So you know. We gave Trump a chance because he wasn't a politician. We wanted to see <laughs> what it would look like, and we got a hard look at that. So I tell my friends and family who are who listen to this podcast that I really don't care how you feel today. Yeah, because I yeah. had to endure so this the, four um, years ago. Today. You know, during the inauguration yesterday, um, which is my birthday, incidentally. So every four years, they have a really good or really bad birthday, depending. Um, oh, I. Uh, you know, there was a great poem from Amanda Gorman. Uh, just just an absolutely amazing poem. If listeners haven't heard it or haven't mm -hmm. seen it, it's called The Hill We Climb. You should go look at it. But in it, she says, um, she has this, this yes. one little, just three lines. She says, it's because being American is more than pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. And that is constantly happening. And it applies to Trump as much as it applies to slavery, you know. So people being like, well, what do we do? How do we fix mm -hmm. it? Like, if you can't look at the unemployment situation, the food lines, the the how bad the vaccine is going and understand that things need to be fixed, um, then then you're just as much part of the problem. And for those people being American is just a pride. It's not something to actually actively do and try to do better. Yeah. That should never like the fact that we saw that, you know, and I can't lay that at anyone's feet except for, you know, if you if they willfully, you know, went out and said, you know what, we're just going to wreck this thing to see that in this country is kind of it's just surreal to see food lines, you know, and it's not the Great Depression. It's like, what? We can't feed our own like people like that is insane to me so like i said you know what it's a new administration we'll know in four years or so what it, what it's going to become um so if you feel like oh we lost or whatever then you you never really understood what people were going through you know people that that couldn't get you know uh naturalized for their citizenship because there was a fucking freeze on everything you know and he didn't i mean he didn't make up the immigration thing that was a failure from a lot of other presidents but hopefully we can get this shit right because that becomes like a white elephant in the room well yeah but we but you know at the same time matt patricia isn't problem. the reason the lions have so sucked forever but he sure as hell didn't help you know like yeah that's true too touche touche yeah Bill's mafia so matt uh, you got anything good for us to go out on uh 
um, charity after beating him. Oh, oh that that, that oh, I I love that. Well, they they do that every time. I, I mean, they I saw that. What was that about? Charity after he lost them, lost the game, so they made the playoffs. Uh, they've done that a few times <laughs> uh, over the course of the uh, of the years, and I just I, I don't know. Like, hey, if, if you're excited about your team and that ends up with you giving to charity and it's doing what we just talked about helping other people who are less fortunate than us and every little bit is something that causes positivity and that's what my focus is with this new um you know regime is is finding little ways to 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 help people in in random spots because i know i have it really good and um so when i see them donating money to these players charities uh, i'm never going to complain it's always going to be my go-to because i think it's i think it's great it's like hey we beat you but you know what wow here's a bunch of money to your charity and you can put that to good use the republicans should do that for every every fucking democratic citizen in this country if, if they lose an election ten thousand dollars they, they, they said fourteen hundred dollars is too expensive they ain't gonna give ten grand how about how about how about they just uh, pay black people for all the years they didn't let us vote, which includes right now, and also like for all the labor we did for free. Yeah, we could call like reparations or something. They could just like you know roll all <laughs> roll all together. Steps. But um, yeah. So speaking speaking to what Matt said, I mean, I think Matt made a yeah. great point of just <laughs> trying to see little ways you can do to make things better. And that's something about Joe Biden is that he he doesn't inspire either hatred from people who support him or anger in people that oppose him. I mean, people that oppose him might be angry because they're angry people, but like you can't look at Joe Biden and be like, God, what an asshole. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, so to that point, you know, again, this poem, it ends for there's always light. If only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. And I think that really speaks to what Matt's saying here. Like, you know, you gotta really, you know, you gotta do something. You can't just we can't just hope Joe Biden fixes everything. Like, that was a big mistake we made with Obama, and it's just never going to work because Obama couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joe yeah. Biden certainly can't, so he's going to need our yeah. help, and our help is not just yeah. voting. It's you know just being kind to people and doing what we can to help people out. And I, I see this show as a way to do that, like bringing yeah. Two, yeah. You know, two different sides together and being able to talk about these things and understand you know, like me understanding where you guys are coming from, I think is an important part of it. And that's where I'm doing my best to show as much empathy as possible, knowing that I can never get to full empathy because I'm not black. But I think those small microtransactions, even within the hour plus that we do this show, I think make a huge difference because hopefully people pay it forward from our example. And that's all we can, we can hope for. Very well said, brother. Very well said. All right, so uh, we're gonna get through these games this weekend, and we're gonna have our um, our next week's show. Um, hopefully, that the union is still intact by then, and we don't have anything. Um, you know, my uh, <laughs> my great takeaway, you know, to add to Matt real quick, is that one or two people showed up to these massive rallies that were planned all over the country. Could you imagine the guy that got out of his pickup truck with his rifle and like, where's everyone at? <laughs> And he's like, oh, shit. Was that today? <laughs> they just have to go home. So I'm glad that we had nothing without a hitch. And now you guys see what we saw for fucking years. That guy doesn't care about you guys. He does not care. He's off on his golf course. Chilling. Sounds good, man. We see ya. All right. So I'll see you guys next week.